Coming to you from the Morningstar Mission sponsored studio. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Oh my goodness, I'm laughing. Merry Christmas, everybody, from Merry our Christmas. whole team. Hey, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. You're sounding like you're from the Bronx or something, Better man. Better believe it. Yeah. It's Carl and Crew Mornings wishing you a... Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That's However right. you're spending this morning, I hope you have, have a lot of joy in your heart, knowing that our Savior is born. Yeah, big our time. Our Savior has come. Big time. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. She's with us right now. Arlene, how are you doing, sister? I'm doing good. How are you, Carl? Good to be back with you guys. Oh, this is so good. Speaker, author, media personality, blogger. Guys, she's all over the place. We're talking Today Show, Focus on the Family, Fox and Friends, Family Life Today, 700 Club. She'd been out there mixing it up. Do you have any spare time? Arlene? <laughs> of course, because the, we've got to add the highlight of talking to you guys. So it's oh. like, I'm with Allie. So this is this is completing the round. Yeah, that's right <laughs> on. Way to go. You got the, boy, she's got it going on this morning. I love it. Okay, let's tee up a question right now. Let's go, Allie. Arlene, this one came in from a grandparent. A grandparent of 11 uh, says, I'm concerned that they have too much screen time. I try to tell my children, uh, but of course they're not listening. I see problems that the children are having in school and their behavior. Uh, it's no screen time when they're with me. We do movies on pure flicks, outdoor activities. We read. Do you think my approach is wrong as a grandparent? So first of all, kudos to you, grandparent, you know, for, for caring for your grandkids in this way. I was just actually at a place called Legacy Summit, Grandparenting Legacy Summit. So for this grandparent, check out LegacyCoalition.com, and it's all resource for, resources for grandparents. But one of the speakers at the summit, Jim Burns, talked about with your adult children, and it's so key, is that any unsolicited advice feels like criticism. Yes. So if you talk to your adult child, you know, in the manner of like, now, do you understand, do, you know, do you know what your child is doing? And do you know your child is behind? And do you know you're messing up your child? Like that kind of thing. And all, <laughs> even though this is totally from concern right. and it's probably 100% valid, but your adult child is not going to hear that. And so in our book, Grandparenting Screen Kids, Dr. Chapman kind of helps us through this because he's a grandpa and, and talks about how that's not the approach. However, the approach you're doing of having a different time when they're at Nana and Papa's house, that's awesome because your grandchildren then have a taste of, oh, look, this is what an outdoor walk looks like. You know, this is what it feels like to not be on your phone all the time or not to be playing video games all the time. Or look, I'm having now a different way to experience pleasure than a video game. Like I have something else in my life, a hot chocolate chip cookie. You know, these are all really, really good things. So keep doing that. And then be praying for your adult kids, you know, to come around, you know, maybe there's a study or maybe there's a book that you want to put in the stocking with no extra words, but that you just, you know, thought you might find this helpful or asking questions, asking your adult children, hey, I've noticed the kids when they're with me, they seem like they really gravitate toward the tablet a lot. Are, are you having some struggles with that? And just kind of leave it open with, with no judgment, no preconceived ideas. And your adult child may then open up to you, may then ask questions about their struggles. So just think of it like you and your adult child are on the same page, like kind of assume the best of them. We're on the same page. We want what's best from the child and we'll just keep going that route versus the you know, I really wish I could step in here because you're not parenting very well around. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> wonderful. Okay, Boom Crew, this whole week is Ask the Experts. Arlene Pellicane here today answering questions about parenting, grandparenting, 
What do we do with our kids? And uh, this, she's on it, guys. She is on it. She's, and this isn't just licking her finger and stick it in the air. She's got some empirical data here as well. Arlene, coming up, I want to ask you this question here. If somebody texted in, what can we do with teen kids who don't want to do anything? Now, here's what's awesome about this. I think, is it fair to say, before you answer this, is it fair to say the vast majority of parents struggle with this somewhere along the line? This is a super common question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that answer to that question. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew mornings. Uh, wonderful questions pouring in here right now, guys. We're going to get to as many as we can. Allie is an expert at batching these things in common kind of themes and topics. So although we may not get yours word for word, we're going to tackle these for sure. Okay, Arlene Pelican with us this morning on Ask the Expert Week. And uh, what a wonderful gift from God we have in Arlene today. Arlene got a question that came in. And I, when I saw this, I chuckled because I don't know one parent who hasn't battled this. Now, my kids are adults grown and gone, have their own companies. But this is, I remember when they weren't about to have their own companies. There comes some a season in life when kids like this parent says, what do you do with a kid that doesn't want to do anything? What do you say, Arlene? So true. So one, maybe we have kind of overdone for them. So it's like they don't have to do anything because we will do it for them. So if they forget something, we'll go get it for them. If they need help with their homework, we'll sit till midnight and help them. So it's like, oh, my parents can take care of that. So part of it is just letting those natural consequences happen so that your child realizes, oh, I I better do something about this myself. So part of that is you can't want it more than your child. So you want them to, to do great in sports or you you want them to do great in school. Mm. Or you want them to get involved, but you can't want that more than them. They have to want that. And there is a certain letting go, especially as they're teenagers of like, you know, that's on you, buddy. If you want to have this kind of grade, if this, if this is the kind of effort you want to put forth, you know, that's on you. Now saying that you're still trying to help them. So I'm not saying just walk away from them. And I'm just saying, don't overdo for them, mm. whatever they can do for themselves require them to do it, you know, whether it's laundry, whether it's, you know, getting to school on time, you know, all those things, and then let there be consequences when that doesn't happen. Now, the motivation is really interesting, because guess what, all of us are seeking dopamine, we're all seeking like pleasure, we're all seeking that excitement, we're seeking that that experience. And so in a healthy life, you know, you're going to get a dopamine hit when you see a friend at school, and you hug and you're like, hey, how was your weekend? You know, that's going to give you that you're going to get that when you have a close conversation with someone when you're playing sports next to someone. But what happens to kids, they don't get that in that way. They get it doing what? Video gaming, social media, watching YouTube. That's how they're getting their dopamine hits. And because of that, there's very little that brings them pleasure in life except sitting around on a screen. And so that's why you're like, why can't I get my kid motivated to do anything else? Well, all their brain is saying is, hey, you know what? You know what we're used to? You know what we really like? We like the dopamine that we get from that video game. We like the dopamine of figuring out how many likes that I get on social media. And unfortunately, there have even been studies like kids who use porn that it it de- actually decreases the part in your brain responsible for motivation. Um, that's cited by John Fobert. He's a, a doctor and a specialist in internet pornography. And so the more people watch porn, the more their brains shrink, particularly in the areas responsible for motivation and decision making. So you can see how this is such a sword for our kids Mm. to have these screens. So I really think if the person's asking this question, guaranteed there is a screen involved. How many kids are watching porn? 
Do you have any numbers? You know, I don't have a number, but it's, it's, a uh, it's very, you know, I would say that it's very young, you know, so maybe mm. it might be eight years old in terms of the average age of seeing it younger for boys, a little older for girls. So, so, you know, those kinds of things. And then it, in it's terms of, oh, isn't it? yeah, in terms of overall, it's 94% of men, 87% of women have seen pornography at some point in their lifetime. And then among users, um, uh, 92% of men and 60% of women would have viewed some kind of porn in the previous month. And the problem of this is like, obviously there's so many problems, but where does this begin? It's with kids. And so that's what's awful because I think it was one in four find it through social media. So you think like, oh, you know, I want social media media for my kids, especially girls to connect with one another, but to realize, wait a minute, one out of four of these, that's how they're going to find it. That's their door, their gateway into this. So that's something really that we've got to guard against. You know, I'm thinking about the parent and Allie, I think you're, you're in this sweet spot right now. And it's difficult, I think, for parents to let balls drop and to see the pain of a child that doesn't want to do anything. And then they've got to face the consequences help a parent let's do this right now because you are so good on the fly help a parent who feels like oh i don't know if i can let the ball drop i don't yeah. it just hurts to see my kid right. hurt it what's what's going on spiritually that a parent yeah. needs to get a hold of to say all right this is a holy righteous thing to let balls yes drop. yes and it's to realize too guess what if you let the ball drop, your child then has this opportunity to turn to God in a new way. And I think if you think of spiritual resiliency, and maybe that's something that's very dear to you and motivating, like I want my child to be close to God, like a lot of your listeners are going to say, that's a motivating factor for me. I want my child to be close to God. Well, how do we get close to God? And think about it in your own life. Um, many times, you know, I remember when I went through a miscarriage, that's one of the closest times I felt to God because I needed him. So for our children, Children, sometimes we say, oh, let, let me deliver them, you know, out of this situation. But the parent, we are not the deliverer. It's like God is the deliverer. It is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And yes. your kid, how are they going to find Jehovah Jireh if Jehovah Jireh has never provided for them? Because mommy and daddy always rescue. So it is an idea of the whole counsel of God. I just talked to Dr. Kathy Cook about this. And she talked about how your child needs to know not just that God is love, because then when something unloving in their life happens, they think, oh, God isn't real. They need to know the whole counsel of God that we're telling them God is faithful. God is just. God is patient. God is merciful. So as they go through their life and they experience problems, they see like, oh, God was this for me. He was patient with me. Oh, look at this. God was angry at the wrong that was done against me because he's a righteous God and he's on my side and vengeance is God's. You know, just so, so they need, how are they going to learn that? If, if we're doing everything for them. So let the ball drop. It's okay. And we think it's loving in the moment, but you know, you think of it like a kid who can't eat a dinner in a fast food restaurant without looking at a tablet, let's say. So your kid can't do that. And you think, well, it's a loving thing to give them the tablet so that they're amused during dinner time. I don't want them to be upset. But then later in life, you realize, oh my goodness, now he's a husband and he doesn't know how to sit next to his wife and have a conversation. And he learned that with me. So then you think, okay, what is the loving thing there? The loving thing is to train him now. Let that ball drop. Let him throw the fit. Let him do all that stuff. So later, he's going to be more ready to have good relationships. So 
We really have to think you're not parenting a child, you're parenting a future adult, and that future adult needs that ball to drop when they when they need it to le- learn a lesson. Oof. This is so good, Arlene. Arlene, I, I think a motivation for a lot of parents uh, is we don't want to be embarrassed at restaurants. Yeah, We aren't even thinking about the kids as much as yeah. ourselves. I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of it is that I don't want to look bad. So let me cover this up because I don't want to look bad. And so we've got to deal with our pride issues of, you know, I need to live my own life and not live through my children. Not everything about me is, oh, look what my child did. Oh, look what Johnny did now. Look at, you know, that we need to get over that and just let them live their lives and us not have our worth or our value from them. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do something here. Not right now, because Arlene's about to answer a question. This is Ask the Expert Week. This has been off the chain amazing. Arlene is already crushing it. This is mandatory listening for parents and grandparents. Call a friend. Don't keep this to yourself. Tell them, get on the horn, 90.1 FM. Okay? I mean that. This is one of the greatest gifts you can give a friend. Right now, Arlene Pelican, speaker, author, media personality, blogger. She's been on today's show, Focus on the Family, Fox and Friends, but mainly she's with Carl and Crew this morning. Tackling this question right now, this is from a parent who says, how do I address the topic of homosexuality with my 11-year-old daughter? I recently found out she's been participating in the LGBTQ Pride Club at school as an ally to a friend. I don't support this, but to make things more difficult, I am a Christian. I became a Christian about two years ago, but my wife is not, so we have different viewpoints on this subject. I don't want to alienate my wife or my daughter from Christianity. I still am trying to fight for their salvation, but I also don't want to support something that I think is morally wrong. Arlene, what what do you say on this one? Such a great question. So you begin in prayer, say, Lord, just give me wisdom at every turn. Lord, give me wisdom. What am I supposed to do? And then, you know, very calmly. And I think the way you ask this question, you're going to be able to do this very easily, but not in a reactionary way, in a very calm way to be able to talk about what you think. You know, there's an amazing book by Sean McDowell. It's called A Rebel's Manifesto, and it kind of takes all these sticky topics. So whether it's homosexuality, transgender, et cetera, they're very short chapters, even to, to read that, to talk with your 11-year-old about it, just like, hey, this is something that I've been thinking about. And sadly, it's not too soon to, to talk about and even read a few paragraphs of this with her. And for her to realize, you know, it might start like, hey, honey, I think it's so great that you want to support your friend. That's wonderful that you want to be loyal to your friends. I, I do have a concern about you going to this club. You know, I'm, it might not make sense to you right now, but you become like the people that you hang out with. You know, and so this is, you know, I'm kind of doing a little role yeah, play role here, play. but sure. But the but the five, you know, there's that statistic that you become like the five people you're with the most. And so I think as a parent that drives you to prayer, like, Lord, give my kid five good people, mm-hmm. give my kid those good people, because it's those close relationships that will shape your child. And as they get older, you can't arrange, okay, this is their friend, this is their friend, but you can certainly pray for it. You can certainly talk about at home what makes a good friend, you know, what makes a healthy friend and start to put that in their mind that they can look for, uh, you know, green light friends that are completely safe. Yellow light is kind of like the, ah, you know, they're mostly okay. And then the red light is like, okay, you're going to be vaping in the bathroom in two years. So you don't want to be with that friend. (laughs) So, you know, so kind of talk in this way so that they understand it. Now they're going to think, 
well, you are so unloving because you're judging them just because they go to the pride club. You know, you don't know that they're a good person. Mm. And so listen to that and then talk about how it all comes back to creation. So if your child can grasp that I am created in the image of God, that's the base. So if they realize I'm just not this fluke, I am created in the image of God. Mm and God created male and female, then we have a starting point. And even from, from biology, if they're not Christians, like your spouse is not a Christian, even just from biology talking about how, okay, there are XX chromosomes and XY chromosomes. It's just a fact of life. And do we really want our child, you know, kind of exposed to all these things that are really outside of reality? And then also just like, let's, let's just play this forward. How healthy are kids, you know, and, and point to statistics that kids that are, have uh, gender dysphoria or other things, they're experiencing problems in a much greater multitude than other children. So really, you know, if, if the Bible's off the table, if creation's off the table, you can talk about health, but really, you know, talk to your child about how, you know, that's great that you want to support your friend, but you know what, honey, in this day and age, People think because you show up there that all of a sudden all your beliefs will align with this too. And do your beliefs align with this truly or is this just kind of the popular thing to do? I think a lot of kids are wearing the pride stuff because it's the in popular thing to do. But but if you push on it, they might not even believe that. But that's what's so dangerous is all the media is really pressing them to say this is normal, this is normal, this is normal. And so what you're trying to do is say this is not normal, but do it in a kind and respectful way. Oh, speaking of kind and respectful, that's what I wanted to go to. Our heart is this. Um, we, We know, Arlene, that there's a lot of people that are wearing their Christianity with a badge, what I would call angry evangelicalism. And, mm-hmm. and it's nowhere in scripture. Talk about the heart of a parent behind these things and why that's so vital. I know you have a shared passion on that one. Yeah, it's so true. So I think that they are going to hear us so much better as a parent or a grandparent if they hear and feel that love and to realize that the love and truth can go together, that we're not saying just be all mush, you know, soft, all just soft and gushy and anything goes. It's not what we're saying, but definitely with that hardcore center that, you know, these are the, the truths of God. These are unshakable. These are things I have to pass on to the next generation, but that is packaged in a way that, that, can translate to a child. And so, and I think it's really important for kids to realize this isn't a bunch of rules. This isn't a bunch of like, oh, something happened and oh, I'm going to come down on you. But this is a place of grace. And I know you're going to have Tim Kimmel on on Friday and yes. you know he's going to talk about grace-based parenting and grace. So this is a space that is gracious, but that we have truth here and we have conviction because if your child isn't raised with watching you have convictions over things, you doing unpopular things, you going against the crowd, they're not going to, why would they do it if they don't even see us do it? So we really do have to set that tone. And it's exciting. Like it's it to, to help them realize following Christ is good. It's joyful wow. in his presence is, is fullness of joy. It's not like, oh, you're going to follow Christ. And now it's going to be awful because we're so legalistic and we're angry all the time. And, and that <laughs> is something that right. we, we have to give to God. Like, Lord, help me with my anger, but help me not live angry. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. 
Here's the question for Arlene Pelicane, our expert on parenting. This is a husband and a wife on totally different pages parenting. One of them is comfortable with some healthy bickering. She says, it's fine. This is what how my family did it. Well, in his family, the bickering led to strained relationships and people not speaking. So he tries to avoid conflict at all costs. Arlene, you can see how this would create some tension within the family when the parents aren't on the same page. Can you speak to that? Yeah, one is ready to fight, let's go. And the other one's like <laughs> under the pillow, like, leave exactly. me alone. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that this issue, it could be anything. One's used to lots of screens. One's used to no screens. One's used to spend lots of money. One's used to save all the money. One's used to let's vacation by laying around. The other one's like, let's climb the mountain. So this kind of question, you know, is so good because it, it sometimes it's not about what it seems like it's about, you know? So it seems like about, oh, this is about conflict and fighting. But I think what it's really about, and I get this idea from Bob Lapine. So you'll notice that I quote a lot of people. So notice that how do you become an expert? By like listening and reading other people. <laughs> that's how you become an expert. Yeah, that's right. But Bob Lapine in Build a Stronger Marriage, his new book, he talks about it's the first family. It's your family of origin. It's a family of origin issue. And many times we don't really see that. We, we just think it's part of ourselves. But we realize, wait a minute, I do this because this is how my parents did it. But now I'm in this new family and now I am the new family of origin and how are we going to do it? So sometimes that first step is just realizing, oh, I get it. I withdraw and I don't fight because that's what I either wanted to avoid in my first family or what I saw my parents do. And then the other person, oh, I just want to talk it out because we're like verbal processors, but my spouse is not a verbal processor, you know? So it first comes to that realization of, I get it. Like, this is how I'm like this and we're different this way. So then you realize my spouse isn't trying to be adversarial. My spouse is just kind of doing what they're used to. And then, you know, the Bible tells us that we are leaving and cleaving that, that, you know, that a man's going to leave his father and mother. He's going to cleave to his wife. So now you're this new first family. And so now it's a new discussion. Okay. This is how I used to do it. This is how you used to do it. How can we either meet in the middle? How can we maybe when we have a conflict, let's try it your way once. And then when the next conflict we have, let's try it my way. But the idea <laughs> is we're trying to cooperate here. Like we're trying to make the best of it and not one of us is right. We're just trying to figure out how will this work for us? Arlene, uh, kind of a, a joined question on that one is our children are often very different from us, sometimes from yeah. both of us. Right. How, how do we? How did we get this? Yeah. Child? How did we get yeah. this child? How do we best study our children so that we can know them and then mentor them in that bent? So good. You know, it's noticing. You know, what lights them up? What do they get excited about? You know, trying to see like what fires this kid up. So I think their interests, the things that they're wired to be interested in, maybe they're really people oriented. So, wow, we've got a, maybe your homeschooler, but you've really got this people person. So that's like, okay, let's get you in a play or let's get you like in a band. Let's get you where you're going to be with people. So you're just kind of seeing what lights them up. How can I support that? And then I think just their style, like mirror their style. If you're a quiet person, but you've got a real talker, then it's like, okay, I guess, I, you know, obviously you're going to be listening a lot. That's going to be easy for you. That's going to be nice. But it's going to also require you to use your words because your kid's like, yeah. okay, if you could talk to me, I would love that, you know. <laughs> so a lot of times it's mirroring. So for the quiet person to kind of think, okay, I'll talk about my day, you know, like, okay, I went to work and so-and-so said that, you know, you're and you're doing it 
out of love for your child, you're trying to mirror their style, or maybe it's the opposite. You're chatty Kathy, but your child is really quiet. Then it's like, you know, I'm going to give you some space. I'm going to still teach you how to talk and have conversation, but I won't incessantly <laughs> talk at you. I'll try my best to not incessantly <laughs> talk at you. So kind of mirroring their style, uh, finding out if they're an introvert, an extrovert. I know Holly Girth talks about the powerful purpose of introverts and really understanding that that thinking time is could be very important for a child. So seeking to understand your child. And honestly, if your child feels like, wow, my my parent is trying to get to know me, even if they get it wrong, you know, but they're trying, that's going to mean something to your child. Arlene Pelicane, our special guest this morning. I want to get to this question because I don't know how much longer this young person, this child who texted us this morning is able to listen, but they yeah. said, what if the roles are flipped? I'm, I'm the child oh, that's yes. trying to grow my relationship with God and I'm trying to urge my parents to do the same, but mm. it's hard. Precious. Yes. I don't so, know how okay. old this child is, but yeah. wow, what a tender heart. So this is amazing. So just realize that how you are living your life is like your parents are noticing it. So even if they don't say to you like, oh, I see you reading your Bible. That's really good. I should read my Bible too. You know, even though they don't say that <laughs> with their words, yeah. yeah, I should buy one of those things. Even though they don't say those words, they're thinking it. And, and you're letting the Holy Spirit work in their life. And when you're respectful to them or when you say, hey, I want to go to church, you know, my daughter, Lucy, she's in eighth grade and she goes to public uh, middle school. And so she's been bringing a few kids to church on Wednesday nights to youth group. And the parents are not necessarily Christian, but they like the idea of their kid, you know, going to church. Yeah. And so even though those things are happening and the parent isn't going to church or the parent isn't like praying or the parent doesn't seem to have a relationship with Jesus, they're seeing you're opening a door. You're like opening this amazing door to say, let me introduce you to the Jesus that I met. And it's really a beautiful thing because a parent, I mean, you're like the best person to introduce your parent to Jesus or knowing Jesus closer. Maybe your parent knows Jesus, but they're not very close to Jesus. You're like the best person because they want to hear you. Like you're the best missionary. They want to please you. They want to like be on the same page with you. So just do that in a, a kind of loving, gentle way. It's the same way that if you don't want your parent to nag you in the same way, the parent doesn't want you to nag them. <laughs> like the parent fair. doesn't want you being like, hey, have you read the Psalm 23 thing? It's amazing. Yeah. Have you ever done this? Hey, I, I know you have a problem. Have you prayed about that yet? Like they don't they don't necessarily want that. Let me read you if, what parents are supposed yeah. to be doing out of Ephesians. You're going to love exactly, this. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> but if you say, oh, mom, I see that you're struggling with that. I just want you to know I've been praying for you about that. And you say that, like her heart is going to be towards you. <laughs> melting. So, so yeah. look, melting, totally melting. So, so look for ways to bless your parents. Yeah. Don't take the burden of like, oh, I've got to save my parents. That's not your burden. It's just you live your life knowing God, wanting to know God more and let God work on your parents and he will. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew mornings. We've all seen them. Some of us have been them. So those parents that are watching their child have an absolute hissy fit. Didn't know that a body could move like that on a floor. And you're in a department store. What do you do? Arlene, I'm asking this for people that may not have the courage to even type it into their text message here. What do you do when a kid is absolutely losing it in a department store and you're praying for a rapture? 
Right. First of all, you have to realize, okay, 99% of the population has experienced this. So don't worry. Everyone's like, oh yeah, we've been there. So it's not as mortifying as you think. Right. I think in that moment, you do want to remove yourself. So in that moment, you're not like, okay, th- we really need to get out of here. It's like extraction, extraction. Right. So, so I think in that moment, it's okay, we need to leave. And if that means that my cart is full, but I had to abandon the line, then this is part of this is part of parenting. It, the kid it, it gets to part of feel it. that with you. Oh, mom yeah. left behind yeah. a whole cart full of groceries here. Yeah, it's true. Like this was this is not good. And if and isn't that funny? They'd be like, oh yeah, this is what we ate for dinner because we couldn't get our groceries because you threw the hissy fit. Like even though it's painful in the moment, it costs you something to leave that scene and leave things behind. It communicates volumes. And if you will do that and then follow up strongly, and I'll talk about that in a second, then it'll communicate. To your child, I better not do that again. That's what you're trying to do is like, okay, you made that unpleasant for me and for everyone else. We're going to make that unpleasant for you now so that you realize that's not going to work. So let's say they're throwing a fit because they wanted something. So the last thing we want to do is be like, oh, my word, you're throwing a fit here. Take the Snickers bar. That's the last thing we want to do, because guess what? Hey, we've just taught you a lesson. Let's affirm that and let's do it again tomorrow. Let's let's do this. Let's just start this now. So, So first of all, you don't give in and be willing to get go through that fit, be willing to pay the price of leaving your cart behind, be willing to do all those things, get in the car. What you did is not acceptable. You know, that's never going to work for you. If you throw a fit about something, you're not going to get it plain and simple. And even if you can play a game with yourself, a little mental game, like you, your child wants to get a rise out of you. If you can play a mental game and say, mm, nope, I'm unmoved. I really could care less. And even if you have to <laughs> pretend like you're role playing, like you're acting, like you're literally an actor. I could care less. Do that because your kid is trying to push your buttons. And if they realize, oh, look, this really did nothing. This and, button oh, wow. works. <laughs> this, yeah. It's like, I went to my room after that. I I didn't eat dinner that night, you know, and your kid will not die if no, they don't eat dinner fine. for one night. They're going to be fine. So, hey, I went to bed without dinner. I threw that fit. That happened. Guess what? Huh? They're going to think twice before throwing that fit again. <laughs> so I think we overcomplicate it by thinking, oh, in this moment, let me bargain with my child. Let me try to give my child this thing. Oh, I'm so you know, just like, hey, game on. You want to play that game? I can play that game too. We got a parent that uh, been talking to their child about gossiping, telling her what God says about gossiping. And she said, everyone does it, so it's okay. <laughs> She's going to continue to gossip. What's a mom to do? Yeah. This is the parent yeah. of an adult child. So yes. Their adult child this is, is an adult child. Yeah. Okay. So because they're an adult child, you can't necessarily tell, you can't advise them in the same way as you might want to guide, especially like a younger child or a teenager with that adult child. I think it's maybe questions. It's, it's asking them, okay, so if gossiping is okay, then, Hey, when someone finds something out about you, that's not necessarily true and tells that to a coworker, how do you feel about that? You know, so it's more with that adult question, adult child, it's asking questions. And I think with your younger kids, it can be that way too, but then it's much more guiding with, if you find that, you know, cause the younger kids are going to do this too, because everybody wants to talk about something. So let's talk about this kid and what they did or what they didn't do, or so-and-so was at a party and they got drunk and let's talk about this. And, 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 you know, and, and it might even be the kind of thing where, you can give that visual illustration of, hey, if you've got this pillow with all the feathers in it and you throw it in the air and all the feathers go everywhere and you say, 
bring me all the feathers. And, you know, for a younger child, these kids like, I can't do that. Well, that's like our words. Like when you say these words, you can't take them back. So you really have to think twice. Is it true? Is it helpful? You know, before you talk in this way, that might be a lesson worth doing. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. They would remember. It's true. I mean, you, get a feather pillow, cut yeah. that sucker open and say, this is gossiping. Yeah. Whoa. No energy? No problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, helping you take your next step with Jesus. Did you hear the news? We are in a week of Ask the Experts. Today, Arlene Pelican, speaker, author, media personality, she's got a podcast called Happy Home Podcast. She's been out there doing it. 700 Club, Family Life Today, Fox and Friends, Focus on the Family Today Show, and she's here with us this morning. This has been amazing. Let me give you a couple of links. If you miss the first couple hours here, you missed a lot, and it's phenomenal content. I mean, we are just bang, lightning round in Arlene with questions. Get the show cast, give it to friends, stick around for the balance of our time here, but Get the showcast, give it to friends, text the word show to our number here, just the word show to 312-274-9624, text the word show to 312-274-9624. And while you got your phone out, get this resource. If you text the word parent here, you're going to get a link that has her books, the Happy Home Podcast, all the resources you need. Come on, let's have a spiritual awakening of healthy parenting. And this is what you do. Text the word parent to that number right now. You got your phone out. Make it happen. Text parent to 312-274-9624. So here it comes. The spanking question. I know. And we can't avoid it. I know that there's going to be lots of opinions. And I've already gotten opinions sent in on text message. But hey, you know what? We're going to ask Arlene because it came in from a parent. And many parents wonder this. Does spanking work as a tool for my younger child? Arlene. So I am so glad that you asked me this now that my children are older, because I always thought if you ask this while they're young, like someone's going to come to my door and be like, what are you doing to those children? Yeah, <laughs> right. So so I have just given myself out, out that, yes, we did spank when our kids were younger. And here's the thing. So spanking has to be done properly and it has a bad rap because it's done improperly. Yes. Anger. So so yeah. you have to do it where you're not angry. It's very measured and it's to be for reconciliation. So for instance, this is what it would look like, right? And this is so funny because we didn't want to call it spanking because we didn't want our kids to yell like, I don't want a spanking, you know, like in the public square. <laughs> so, so this is so funny. So we renamed it the boom boom, which is even more funny because what in the world is boom boom? And here is with the triple boom. I thought that was so funny. So they'd be like, we yeah. don't want a boom, boom, you know? So that's what we called it. So what we would do is just like, oh, you know, stop pushing sister or whatever it would be. Oh, okay. We're going to, we're going to go, you're going to get a spanking and we take them in. And it was always in private, never in public, always just you and the child, never with other siblings present. And you go and they know exactly what's going to happen. It's always on the, on the tushy, right? Because it's a lot of padding for God's purpose there. So always on the tushy. And it was, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, two, two hits or two spankings, however you want to call them. Two boom, 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 boom. That's why it's called boom, boom. Exactly. So you're going to do two and then you do do it. And then after that's over, you say, okay, 
Now you got a spanking because you disobeyed mommy and you threw your your thing on the floor and you broke it or whatever, like on purpose. I'm not talking about accidents. So you did some kind of, so it has to be for purposeful disobedience. Okay. So this is not an accident. This is not a mistake. This is not because they got a bad grade. You never do it for those reasons. This is, you said something and they stared you in the face and they said, you can't make me. Right. So then you're saying at a young age, so they realize, oh, you are the authority figure and I will listen to you. So you give the boom, boom. And then you say, okay, next time when mommy says to do such and such, I need you to do it. Okay, buddy. Okay. And there's hugs and there's love. And if you don't end on a loving note, then it didn't, it didn't quite work right. So then you got to keep, keep loving. you like, you got it. Cause it's, cause it's, you did this thing wrong. This is a correction. And now we're back on track. So that's what that looks like. And sometimes, you know, it's like you got the boom, boom, but they're still like, they're still on their rampage. They're still doing, yeah. oh, guess it didn't take. Let's do that again. And so we would literally like go to the bathroom, you know, three times in the 10 minute period. And then it's like, okay. And then it was really cute. My son, Ethan, who's in college now, he'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Cause we would say like, <laughs> are you back now? Like, are you good? Are you back? Cause he'd be like, ah, cry. You know, and then he'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. And, and really that's the heart of it. Like my child is wandering and it's my job to correct Ugh, them and to bring them great. back. It's not a mean thing. It's not a, a, a violent thing. You know, if I hit my child, are they going to hit? No, because you're not hitting in anger. You're doing it on their on their tushy. And it's it's a reconciliation kind of thing. So, yeah, I think all my kids, as they grow up, they'll be like, yeah, we're going to we're probably going to do that with our kids. OK, Boom Crew, I need you to know something. We call you the Boom Crew because we love you, not because of boom booms. Right, and, exactly. and, when, and, when, and when I give you a triple boom, it doesn't right. mean we're harsher than Arlene. It just means exactly. that's actually a total. They don't correlate at all. Just wanted to clear that up. There. That's exactly okay. right. <laughs> Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Dr. Mark Job joining us right now, 10th president of the Moody Bible Institute, also host of Bold Steps, which you hear weekdays at one o'clock right here on Moody Radio. You know, Mark, we've talked about this kind of offline a couple of times, but we live in a culture today that it's like Christ followers can go this way or that. It's kind of the why in the road. We see a post-Christian culture. We see morality slippage in ways that are, it's astonishing. But it's like some are heading to the Midwest kind of bunker syndrome. Some are saying, no, let's get to the front lines. What do you say, Mark? Yeah, we have not seen this much acceleration in change and division probably in our lifetime. No, I think you're right. And Not and even I close, Mark, right? No, not even no, close. no. I mean, I, I people deconstructing their Christianity, people that are just really struggling with their faith and determining whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. I, I believe we're in a battle for the soul of our nation. Yeah. And I believe that more than ever before, we have to refocus on re-evangelizing our country, especially uh, Generation Alpha. That's the, some people are saying it's the first post-Christian generation in this nation. And then we also need to continue to accelerate our focus on the nations. You know, some people, when when we see the world going like it's going, uh, there's uh, a lot of chaos, war in Europe, inflation, recession, political tension mounting, a lot of fear. 
Some people want to run to the mountains of Montana, build a bunker, fill it with water, <laughs> get some cans of food, and just hunker down to the rapture. And I get that feeling that you may have, but that is opposite of what God has called us to do. Actually, this is a time to pull out the light, to be salt in this generation, to be more bold, audacious, gracious, loving, intentional about the gospel than ever before. Yeah, Dr. Job says we move towards the uh, calendar year end. What is Moody Radio's role in all of what you just described? So yeah, we're in the end of the year 2022, and December is an important year for Moody Radio because like many ministries, this is a very, very important uh, month financially. A lot of people give year-end gifts, and this is one of our, our larger months, and we really depend on it to finish our calendar year well and enter into the next year well as well. So I want to challenge you, if you've been thinking about a year-end gift and God has been uh, putting on your heart to give somewhere, you know, I like to tell people, if you've been listening to 30 years to Moody Radio and you've been encouraged and it's blessed you and you've grown and you've never given a penny, we're glad you're listening. And I'm glad it's ministered to your heart and keep growing in Jesus. So I never want you to feel guilty for not giving. However, we operate, this is a big operation. Moody Radio is not a mom and pop shop. No, Seriously. You're right about that. This is not just, you know, two people behind a mic. I mean, we have uh, staff all around the country. We have towers and offices and radio stations and engineers. We've been doing this for a hundred years. We're the largest nonstop broadcasting Christian radio station, from what I understand, in the nation. And we're expanding more and more internationally. Starting in January, we'll be broadcasting to all of Nigeria, to Singapore and Malawi. That has the capacity of 200 million listeners. So we are accelerating, but we need your help. We need your help. And this is an important time of the year to give. And so if you've been thinking about giving, we would ask you to give before the end of the calendar year. In other words, before December 31st, it's yeah. important that your gift would come in at that time. Boom Crew, we know that you are unique in that if there are retreaters and they're take the hillers, you're a take the hiller. That's what you are. That's what you are, Boom Crew. And we love you for it. Your generosity is off the chain. And yet, your end is coming. I know you're busy. But if you could take some time right now to go to the phone or go online, let me give you two portals that you can give. 800-600-9624. That's the phone number. 800-600-9624. But we can also have you go to the good old Carl and Crew website. Yep, carlandcrew.org. Go to carlandcrew.org if you want to make a year-end gift. Again, that number, 800-600-9624 or carlandcrew.org. Mark, thank you, my friend, for being with us. And this is right on because this, this isn't about keeping a station going. This is about keeping the gospel on the front lines of a culture that's in decline. And we carry the hope, the message for the hope of our nation and for our city, Mark. Absolutely. And let me just say this, what I love about the Boom Crew program in the morning, Carl and Crew, is that I hear the gospel intertwined over and over in this programming. And so I know that there are so many people that listen that would echo what I say. Thank you for continuing to weave the gospel into the gospel stories and the gospel message 
into this over and over. And, you know, some of the listeners know, hey, th- this team gets up early in the morning, and I'm sure there's days, Allie, where you don't feel like being an encouragement. <laughs> um, but but you do it anyways, and you minister and you encourage people. So on behalf of a lot of people at the end of the year, you hear an applause coming out like this. So thank you again for what you do. And those of you that are listening to this morning program, this is a great time to support this program and this radio station. Good word. All right, Boom Crew, 800-600-9624. As the Spirit of God leads you, make a move. 800-600-9624 or online. At carlandcrew.org. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Best way to celebrate is to keep the flywheel cooking. Man, with Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you guys ever get into New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Not, yeah. not extensively. Cause <laughs> <laughs> all right, come on. Well, because they kind of feel like they don't stick. Yeah. Feels I'll like be honest. Kind of better to. It feels like it's better to not set them than yeah. to have these big aspirations and then feel like you've failed. Yeah. Yep. You're throwing red meat to a junkyard dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that. That's really true. I've been yeah. a resolution nut case for a lot of years, and um, you know, it was. I've never shared this before. It was a huge epiphany for me to find myself utterly failing with some resolutions that I really believe we're going to honor God mm-hmm. in a big way. Yeah. I felt like I heard from his voice and I'm going to sure. go that way. And I remember just starting January one going, here we go yeah. and just going and going and going about fourth day. I started to falter a little bit and mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I got to go at least 30 days on this thing because this has got to kickstart something for the whole year. Yeah. By five, six, seven days in, on my face, failing, just feeling like, and and the conclusion that a lot of people draw is that, uh-oh, well, then God hadn't revealed something to me. No, mm-hmm. it could be a deeper problem than yeah. that, and I'm glad we're talking about this, because I think, I've never even spoken about this before, this is so wild, um, but I think that a lot of times God does reveal something to us, and then we go out in our own strength to try to make it happen. Therein yeah. lies the problem. Not that the revelation was wrong, just how we're going after it. Right. I think you're right. Because I think there is this sense, whether it's a, yeah, I'm going to lose such and such pounds this year. Or I'm going to get, I'm going to eat better. Or I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. There's all these things that are great aspirations. And some of them we very may well have heard from the Lord on. But there's this kind of defeating sense of, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. Okay. It's day five and I'm, I'm already struggling. Yeah. And herein lies the problem guys. We've got, we have done this horrible bifurcation and Allie, you're the one that reminded me of the text in Titus 2, 11 and 12 that highlights this reality. The grace of God is for saving us and for training us. We've trusted God's grace for saving us, but we think when it comes to us applying, growing, training, boy, that's on us. Therein lies the problem. We've we've trusted God for salvation, for everything salvific. That's all God. We've known that because, I mean, when you're broken in at the end of yourself, you know no one can save me. Right. Yeah. It's got to be God. Right. But then we've gotten into this crazy Western, suck it up, buttercup, you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's all the... It's all the posters of the old days, like, you climb that mountain, yes, you can. Yeah. And the guy that's got his fist up on the summit. I'm not here to say that there isn't anything we do. 
but we've got to trust God. And so, Carl, obviously, this is, you said this is like red meat to a junkyard dog. This is a sweet spot for you. I mean, your book is called The Seven Resolutions, and you're going to be doing something here in the new year that's really exciting. Yeah, really. I'm fired up about it. And as a matter of fact, we're doing a couple of what I call T7R winter launches, T7R winter launches. And uh, what we're doing is on the 29th and on the 31st, that's a Thursday night and a Saturday morning. You can pick one to register for. I'm going to be get, casting some vision for what it looks like to take God's power to say no to self-help and get victory in things that have been kicking your booty maybe for decades. And I'm not kidding. And I, I really believe this. This is because I'm not promising. This is the word of God. God's grace has all the power you need to overcome stuff that's been sitting in the shadows for years. I fully believe it, and uh, we're excited about this. By the way, what this launch is going to lead to is an opportunity for coaching that is going to be quite a journey. For the first time ever, I've done coaching for the last year, but I'm going to go through eight consecutive weeks of the book starting the back end of January. Yep, oh. eight consecutive. I caught you off guard That's on great. that one. Hmm. I'm going to do eight consecutive weeks uh, coaching on Zoom. And it's. I'm fired up about this. We're thrilled. So you're invited in. If you want to be a part of the the webinar, it's totally free. It gets you the details so you can decide, is this for me right now? Is this for me and my spouse? Just text the word 7, and we have the details for you, 7 to 312-274-9624. Spell out that word for me to make sure you get the auto reply, S-E-V-E-N, 7 to 312-274-9624. Yeah, hope to see you there. 29th and 31st. Boy, talk about ramping up for the Yeah, talk about ramping up for the new year. Uh, Thursday night and Saturday morning details. Just text the word seven. Like Ali said, spell it out to uh, 312 274 9624. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.